0: Welcome to Real Food, Real Conversations with Sophia DeSantis, where we focus on finding our happy balance between salad and fries. All right. Hi, everybody. I am so excited to be here on episode six. What? Did I just say episode six? That's so crazy. Um, Of the Real Food, Real Conversations podcast with me. And today I'm so excited because I have a guest like I talked about at the end of episode five when we were talking a lot about extremes and how the bullying is real at both ends of the spectrum. Um, And my guest today is Erica. Erica, do you want to introduce yourself?
1: Hello. I am so excited that we're finally getting to do this because we've been planning this now for what seems okay. like forever right? Like with between my podcast and your podcast, we've just, it's finally coming together. Thanks to COVID. Yeah.
0: Well, and it's been me getting my ass in gear and finally doing this. I've been wanting to do this podcast forever in general. And I had to record the record the first five episodes before um, I could get to episode six. And I finally did it. I'm so excited. I might be hiding in my closet recording those of you that, you know, you can't see me, but I'm definitely surrounded by clothes and shoes, but it's, it's actually glorious because I'm working and my husband has to deal with the kids and keep them quiet. So
1: I, so I'm in my home office right now and I created, I'm my home office. I'm Erica. I run the blog Mum break. I have two kids, but to keep them out of conversations like this, I printed off a big stop sign that says stop and have a picture of a, like a woman working on a computer. So I had to tell my four year old, Oh gosh, no, she has, yeah, she's four. We're good. Um, like, do not come in. This is an important conversation for money. Don't bother me. And
0: if she does, Good it's times. not a big deal. I get it. I mean, this is the whole it's point. It's just a nice uh, escape. It's such a nice escape. I mean, is it sad that I'm escaping in my closet and I feel like I'm at the spa right now?
1: <laughs> you look comfortable though.
0: I am. I'm, you know, I'm, I have a pillow. I'm, I mean, it's cool. I just come, it's not, I have a walk-in closet. So it's not like this tiny, like, space, you know, I'm not like in this like. I mean, it's not a huge closet, but it's, I definitely can stretch out. Um, but I'm so excited. Tell us about a little bit about your, about mom break. I just, I love the name of it, but people that don't know you and if you don't know her, follow her because she's amazing. And I actually had a friend follow you the other day who is really? like, yes, I was delivering cookies to some of my, you know, close friends around here. And we were talking about mom things. I'm like, Oh, you need to follow Erica. She's amazing. <laughs> I looked you up and she's like, Oh, I'm totally following her.
1: I love how you're pimping me out to people across the country. So I, I'm in Ottawa, Canada. I think part of our our online group of community, I'm one of the only people up in Canada. So I'm up here running my blog and now apparently you're pimping me out. So thank you. (laughs) Um, the blog itself all started like most blogs with moms at home. I was bored I was, you know, adjusting to new mom life, not really sure how things were going. And I decided to start this blog on a whim because I was sick of focusing on my screaming, colicky, crazy kids. (laughs) Oh, we've all been there. We all have that some version of that story, right? Yep. Yep. And I have always had a knack for putting my foot in my mouth and saying things that, may not be politically correct, or just whatever's on the tip of my tongue, and it turns out in the blogging world, people find that funny, because it just translates into brutal honesty of the things that people don't typically talk about, I mean, they do now, but when I started blogging, it wasn't a typical conversation to hear things that weren't Moses baskets, and jeans, and coffee cups on white pants, or on white bedspreads.
0: Yeah, and that's kind of, I actually, um, can't remember if it was the last episode or the one before, but I talked a lot about that on how, um, I talked a little bit about how it took me an entire year to get back my quote unquote body. And I don't want to say my body because it never was like it was before. Cause I birthed three children, but to get back to feeling normal. And I am a five foot tall, hundred pound person. I'm very
1: petite and you're only five feet tall.
0: Yeah. I'm like five, five and a half, five, one. You have the a personality
1: day. of a taller person.
0: I, you are so nine. Funny? So you we know would what? look
1: very funny beside each other.
0: Well, it's really funny because a lot of people that, like when I first met Jenny in real life, like she, she was surprised at how small I was. And a lot of people say that about me is I have a yeah. big personality and that's really funny that you said that, but it's true. I picture
1: I'm, you being taller. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm like,
0: I'm super petite and even as a petite person who, um, you know, I have good genes and my metabolism is really good and what whatnot. It's, that's, you know, hereditary thing. My dad is like skinny as a rail, but even like as a petite person, like I it took me a, a full year to get back to, you know, like, and yeah. that's the thing, like the whole, um, you know, the whole mom thing, like it's, it's brutal. It's like There's gnarly. So
1: much pressure, so much, much pressure. It's pressure. crippling
0: It is for everybody. It's, yeah. And that's like, in general, like this is why I have this podcast because of the whole online space is there's so much at each extreme and it's so, I don't want to say like, I know everyone's saying, oh, people want real and they do want real because I'm real. And I do have a really good following of people that tell me all the time that they're, they're with me because of how real I am. But it's hard because you're looking at everybody else. That's like, you know, like even during this whole like, if you're listening at you know close to right now, and we're still in self you know isolation phase of this whole virus, you see, you see the other side of you know the picture perfect. Oh, you know, we're all in this sketch perfectly crafted schedule, and and my kids <laughs> are schedule, and now we're having family moments, and yeah, we. I mean. We do hot tub happy hours. That's like our family moment because my husband and I could sit in the hot tub and have a drink and sue me, whatever. This is our bonding. <laughs> it's a hot tub happy bond hour. over alcohol
1: in our house too. That's yeah. what we do.
0: I mean, it is what it is, and like it, the the perfect schedule doesn't work for us. And if it works for you, great. And you know, we try and play a board game, but then like number two gets pissed because he lost, and he like flips the board. And at some point, it's just I don't even want to try anymore. So uh, we yeah. just do hot tub happy hour. <laughs>
1: No, good call. For me, for about 45 minutes, my kids played while I sat in my island at work and they played by my four year old sat on, you know, those like Fisher Price cars where you sit in them like Barney Barney Flintstone or whatever. My two year old was pushing my four year old who's on top of it, clinging to it. And they just did laps of the house screaming and playing bumper cars with my furniture. Forty five minutes of that. It was amazing. Whatever works. It was oh it was so and then you know the little ones getting tired and getting exercise and it's a very well-rounded activity, really, other than the fact that some of my furniture was a little bit scuffed up. But
0: Well, here's the thing. You don't you don't get nice furniture when you have kids and it's gonna Now,
1: stick, so. <laughs> now it's not <laughs> that's, dumb.
0: That's the thing. It's like it's so hard to be and I'm an influencer and I get it, but I I'm thinking as people that come online for like the support and the connection, especially right now. And then you see these, you know, picture perfect moments and you think like, wow, my life must suck. And I must be a bad mom. And I must be, and I honestly can say like, I don't think any of those things when I look at online thing, I think those things when I'm like, I lose my shit at home. And then I think I'm not a bad mom. A lot of people lose their shit, but I have those moments. But then you you know, I can't imagine somebody that's looking for that guidance that sees this perfection and they're like, wow, I must really suck. And then they put all this pressure on themselves to do this a certain way. And then it just causes anxiety. And then you're even a bigger bitch because I know that I'm a total bitch when I'm anxious. Like (laughs) I I do, I'm not, I don't do well with anxiety. Like I am snappy. I am like, I'm not good. No,
1: it's, and no, (laughs) and you know what though? It's funny because it translates over from the mom world into the health, fitness, food world as well because- I recently lost, I think, 30 to 35 pounds now. I've stopped keeping track. And I also have hypothyroidism. So it typically makes it more difficult to lose weight if you have hypothyroidism. And it was really interesting because one of my followers sent me a message yesterday, funny enough, based on the timing of this conversation, saying, I don't know how you lost the weight with hypothyroidism because I have it too. I must just not be working hard enough. I must just work harder. I'm like, no, th- like, no. This is the this is the trap we all fall into, and it made me so sad that we have created this online culture whereby you see someone who, I mean, I, you've. I also sh- showed my struggles. This is a new follower. so she no, she hadn't seen the yes YouTube leading up to this, um, but. She all she saw in her mind was someone who was like her who lost thirty pounds and it was should be easy for her and it's not so something is wrong with her. And it was devastating to hear that. So that's,
0: sad. That's so funny because I talked about this in another episode about how those of us that choose to be online um have this responsibility and how it's so easy to send messages you don't mean to send and there are like accounts and the whole point of extremes that I talked about my last episode about the extremes that send these messages all the time and they cause so much harm but even as somebody who tries not to send these messages and I'm sure you're the same and the whole mom world is you, you try not to send these messages but that's what it is is that people might see a snippet and this message is being sent that you don't mean to send and holy moly, like you're actually the opposite of that. And yeah. we have this responsibility to make sure that we aren't, we aren't doing that or make sure we explain and reach out. And it, it is our responsibility and people don't want to see that, but it is like, you have to be so careful with what you're doing and saying and, and the what you're portraying to people because people take it in so much and that's like I talked a little bit about this whole orthorexia and how especially in the vegan world there's been you know I'm thinking of a few in particular um huge vegan bloggers that came out and said i have orthorexia I'm no longer like 100% anything and good for them for taking care of themselves but they were attacked like you're a fake you did it for you're mm-hmm. doing it for attention you're blah 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 and it's like people see this and they think it's not okay to help myself because people are going to think I'm a fake it's not and yeah it's like it's so crazy to me and which takes me to your story about you know be talk about being attacked and I (laughs) I just have to say before we even start like Erica took this with such grace and I don't mean grace like you know not crying and breaking down because we cry I mean I cry and break down all the time um for like like little things. I mean, forget about something big like this. I mean, it could be that like someone didn't put the toilet seat down and I'm having a bad day. So I cry about it.
1: Oh, hundred um, percent. If a cute dog crashes into a roll of toilet paper on a commercial, I'm like, Oh, what a cute puppy. Yes.
0: <laughs> but this was a big thing. Um, and I'm so proud of you for letting this be your journey in the sense that like you let it happen with the way it happened. So take us back to like your beginning. Cause you were a college athlete, right?
1: Yeah. Well, sort of. So because I'm in Canada, it's a little bit different. Our college sports are not the same, but I was uh, an elite alpine ski racer. I started skiing when I was three years old. And then throughout high school, I was on our provincial, which is I guess the equivalent of, I I don't know what the equivalent is in the, the, but basically I was on the Olympic track, um, close to the national, trying to think of what it would be. All, All that to say very high level of elite sports for ski racing. It was literally all I did. When I was 15 years old, I could squat almost 200 pounds. Like I was, yeah, like I would do pull-ups and chin-ups with like 20 pounds attached to me. I was jacked in a fit sport driven way. My goals for fitness, everything in my life, the all of my goals were centered around driving toward this elite sport goal. And I was a teenager. So as I grew up and I obviously retired from the sport for whatever reason, I changed my body changed. I turned yeah. into a woman, yeah. <laughs> a weird it thing. Happens. It but happens. actually like hips, boobs, you know, yeah. I stopped being able to squat 200 pounds and I, I had kids. And then there was that. So th- things over the years, very much changed, but I always had this athletic background, still playing soccer, still playing baseball. I loved running. I did a half marathon when I was nine weeks pregnant with my first kid. It's just fitness and movement has always been a huge part Part of of my life.
0: And it's something you love. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I think, you know, like I talked about before too, there is a line between doing it because you love it and doing it because you're obsessive about it. But I love fitness and movement as well. Um, And there's nothing wrong with that.
1: No, not at all. And it's, I think it's so funny because I had a conversation with my husband yesterday and we're in the middle of this quarantine. And he said to me, like, should I start running again? And my response to him was not, yeah, you should start running. It was, do you enjoy running? Do you right. love running? He's like, well, not really. I'm like, then don't run. Right. Totally. <laughs> Just find something don't you love. Do it. No. Yeah.
0: yeah. Find something you love. It's different for everybody. So then after you had kids, what, um, did you always know you had hypothyroidism?
1: Oh God, that's a whole other story. Again, Canadian healthcare is free, but slow. And so it took a few years to get fully diagnosed, but for my early twenties. So for the last decade. So
0: what made you think to yourself, like, I don't feel good. I want to do something about it.
1: So initially my timeline is now we're fast forwarding. I had my, the timeline's weird. So I'll skip through it. I had my first kid, I had hip surgery. That's a whole other story. Then I had knee surgery. (laughs) Oh God, I sound like a robot. Then I had my second kid and fast forward a year and I'm trying to balance my thyroid. I'm not exercising because I'm now at home with two toddlers full time. I have been through now two pregnancies, two births, two major surgeries and my whole, and I had gained quite a bit of weight too. And I was, even just walking up the stairs, I would get winded. I went from being able to squat 200 pounds, I mean, albeit when I was 15, but to, and, or running even a few years prior, a half marathon when I was nine weeks pregnant, to struggling to walk up the stairs. I was tired. I wasn't moving as much. I was eating. Oh man, you guys would be impressed if you knew how much I was eating. Like A box of mozzarella sticks for breakfast would be like the starting point in my day. It was impressively gross. (laughs) It was, it was a skill. So I think at that point, I, I realized that I just couldn't do this anymore because I didn't feel good. I was less motivated by the number on the scale. Well, I'm not afraid to admit that I wasn't, I was in the position that I was classified as obese. I, I truly was because I went to see a nutritionist and doctor and all that. But the motivation was not the number on the scale The motivation yeah. was the fact that I couldn't walk up the stairs without and, yeah. <laughs> heaving.
0: And you didn't feel good. And that's really where it should come in. And I don't know. I questioned some of these um, categories of obese. Cause I, I, I know his son was diagnosed as obese and he was not obese in any way, shape or form. And he was very, just like um, a dense kid. And he was, he, he really, he wasn't even fat, like at all. He wasn't even like heavy. But anyway, um, it doesn't matter. The point is that it really should come from how you feel inside.
1: Totally. And I think that's what people... I I also don't think it's okay... Sorry, I don't think it's wrong. I want to be very clear. I don't think it's wrong to look at yourself and say, I am at the point where I'm overweight and I want to change that.
0: 100%.
1: I, I think that right now... If I'm scared to say that out loud, or I was scared to say that out loud, because then I got criticized. People would say, "Oh, you look beautiful the way you are. You look great. Don't change." I got told that I looked better when I was oh, when I was overweight. There's nothing. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that, but for me, in my situation, I wasn't happy, and I wanted to lose weight. I wanted to be healthier, and I wanted to be able to walk up the stairs and not have muscles.
0: And it should be more people instead of focusing on the way you look. It should be more people saying, "That is so great that you are feeling better." Yes. forget about the outside. I mean, that's the thing is that it's really for us, like it's intrinsic. And sometimes I do think when you do have a mental health issue related to eating and food that your brain will tell you, you don't feel good when in reality, you know, it really is a mental health issue. So seeing a professional and figuring out, you know, that whole side of things and getting the support with that is super important. And not mm-hmm. going to an online influencer for that support, <laughs> or like a medical professional when, you know, cause they do, they have legit scales to determine whether you have an eating issue or not. Like it's not just they, they, cause you can say you don't have an eating issue. Most people do, but they have legit scales, rating scales. Okay. So it's like, it's like medically sound stuff. Like, so oh, yeah. yes. Yes. But if you don't have a mental issue when it comes to eating and you just intrinsically think, I want to lose weight, like you should be able to do that without being criticized for that. And in today's world, it's, that's what I mean. The double-edged sword of the extremes here is, yes, society puts all this pressure of look a certain way, whatever. And then the other side's like, love the body you have. Well, what if you want to change the body you have and you don't love it? That's also okay too.
1: Yeah, it's it's really, and I still don't know the right answer or where that line is. I, I truly don't. I just know, and I've been very careful to speak from my own experience, and that is that I was overweight. I was, un, I, I was unhealthy diagnosed by medical professionals, and I wanted to change that because I knew oh. that in a previous life, I thrived from running and eating, you know, not mozzarella sticks breakfast and, and not having five cans of Coke throughout the day.
0: Well, and you know what, and I think the people that maybe in a previous life didn't thrive through that, but want to thrive through that, like you can change, anybody can change at any point and it should come Mm -hmm. from within. And if you want to do it, you should ignore the pressure of feeling or being a certain way. You really need to listen to yourself. And that's what I respect about you is you just listen to yourself and you said, Hey, and I um, want to go to that that yeah. special moment of time. <laughs> and I just love it because I, it makes me think of, um, were you, do you remember that Peloton commercial that was so.
1: Yeah. Yes. Very, so dramatic.
0: very dramatic about it was around the holiday and how the husband bought his wife a Peloton and, and how like I saw what the commercial was saying and that there was no outside change. The change was within. Mm-hmm. They have done it differently maybe, but I don't know. The first time I saw it, I didn't – that's what I thought was, oh, I aligned with that person. I It spoke to me because for me, being a naturally petite person – there are times where I know I'm more fit and feel better than others. Would somebody from the outside see a physical difference? Probably not.
1: No no one would know, but no. you would know.
0: But I would know. And so when that commercial, I did see that commercial before it all blew up. I actually saw it weeks before and I thought, God, that totally speaks to me. You're and like, then I'm going to
1: go buy a Peloton bike.
0: <laughs> I actually have a Peloton coming a week from <sighs> today.
1: Oh my God, I, bu- so I
0: bought it. I bought it two weeks ago because of I'm like, my gym was like my happy place. And yeah. I, at this point, I don't know when they're going to reopen my memberships on hold. My husband's always talked about getting one and we really don't have a great place for it. But then I thought a bunch of my friends got one and I wanted, you know, to ride with it. So I was like, you know what, let's just get one. Forget it. I mean, let's just get it. So we have it coming next Friday, but I did, I just, the whole point of the, within part really spoke to me and then it all went crazy and how terrible it was and do better Peloton and blah, blah, blah. And I was, I guess to each their own, and we're all going to interpret things differently. I think that's the point. Yeah. But the within was kind of your transformation. And when you posted that, I, same thing as I thought about the Peloton, I remember that post before it went crazy. And I remember thinking, that's so rad. Like she changed from within, like, it's awesome. She looked, I mean, I thought you looked amazing. I I, I don't know. My eyes just didn't see um, the physical part. My eyes saw the inside, even though I was looking at a picture, which is crazy to see because I guess I read the words first.
1: Yeah. So. Yeah. Good times. So so
0: what was that? (laughs) So that picture was you. Tell us about like the picture that you posted.
1: Yeah. So I'm trying to find it now. It was, long story short, I had decided before I started this fitness health journey to track it and document it online. If you go to my Instagram account, it's mom.break, you'll see that I'm very candid with my life. I share almost everything with the exception of my husband because that was his choice. But I decided to consciously share this journey knowing that there may be some backlash, but probably not because my audience is amazing and they're all my best online friends. But throughout this journey, I was posting continuously side by side pictures of myself, like one picture taken and then another picture superimposed beside and wearing the same outfits, whatever it is, with what's changed in each picture. Some weeks it was weight, some weeks it was that I could run. It was the progress and evolution of the journey. And then Sometime through the journey, I posted a picture of myself saying that I was in one picture a size 14 gene and another picture a size 8 gene, which apparently is a very controversial thing to say online. But I live in a bubble and I'm not in the health and fitness world, so I didn't recognize that at the time. But you were also sharing.
0: But I don't even think it's your bad. I think you were sharing your journey. And in your journey, you went to the store and you bought a size 8, and that to you showed progress towards your goal
1: exactly because I remember the whole journey it it tied back to the beginning of my journey so in the caption I talk about how I decided to make this change in my life while I was walking through a mall um, in Canada and I tried on a pair of jeans at American Eagle which is one of my favorite places to shop and the size 14 jeans didn't fit and that was the moment where while I recognize that size is not tied to worth. I'd never have believed that. I've never been a size 14 before. So that was the trigger to realize that, okay, something has changed. I need to figure out how I can get myself to a place where I'm happy and healthy. And when I went to the mall sometime into my health journey and bought a size eight jeans, and I I just on the whim asked the salesperson to get them and I put them on and the button did up. I was like, whoa, (laughs) whoa. (laughs) And it was such a moment of joy because all of these I think at this point, it was three or four months into the journey. I I can't remember the exact timeline, so please don't quote me on this, but we'll just assume for the purpose of this conversation that it's, let's say, four months. Yeah. Four months into the journey, I went from a 14 to an 8, which is, well, we can talk about that later, but it was such a pivotal moment of, wow, all the work and energy and time yes. I put into this is finally paying off, and while well, my worth is not tied to my size, and I know that all genes are not you know, made equal. It, it was that, like you said, that change from within. Yeah. That made well, the difference.
0: And the thing the, the thing to focus on too is your entire posting about this didn't just focus on size. And that's, what's annoying to me is people chose to, to judge by one single quote, one single picture. Instead of looking at your whole journey where you talked about some times you posted about, Hey, I can run. Hey, I yeah. can go up the stairs without. that. Those things are amazing things. And with somebody, like, I feel like that's, that's more celebrated. Like, oh, I can run now. Why is that different than I can put on another jean size and showing your progress? You're just showing progress in different ways. And I, you know why it is different? It's because of our minds. Is we've been brainwashed to think one way or the other that either size is worth or on the other end of the spectrum, size has nothing to do with anything should never be talked about. And it's like, why can't we sit in the middle? Why? There's brainwashing happening at both ends in the sense that it's either taboo or it's terrible or there's so many mixed messages. Yeah. There
1: are. Oh, it's crazy. And I don't, that's, I think that's the point is that there's not really a right message and people aren't aligned with it. I think that it's really too bad that people couldn't just say, as long as you're healthy and happy, that is the right place for you. Regardless, like, yeah, it, because it, it, that's all that matters,
0: totally. Because people got so mean. I mean, holy yeah. holy. I mean, it's <laughs> and it's so hard. Like, you really, um, you really, I mean, took that so well and did so well. And you took Aww. a break from online, and good for you. And but you also pushed forward, and you're like, and that I mean, yeah, you took some time to be hurt, which is great. That's just self care and doing what your body needs, but then you push forward, you're like, f them, like whatever. I am who I am. And you have not changed a beat, which is wonderful. That shows that people can't change you. And I sometimes feel like the people that attack, it's really, when someone attacks me, I take a step back and I think, wow, they must be really unhappy people. Hurt people hurt. (laughs) Yes. and And I kind of put my mindset in a place where I end up feeling sorry for them, that they are so they're in such a bad place that this is what makes them feel good, and so it—it's for me—it's a very big mindset shift that I've learned to take this mindset and not—not not that I've never been hurt, and actually, like I think I cried in one of my stories. What, like three weeks ago, um, when someone I did a live with my kids. It was oh, oh it was yeah, one I of my very that. first lives. Yeah, one of my very first lives that I did because I decided I'm going to take two lives a week away from my family and try and involve my kids to help my audience. And I had one person comment about how a terrible mother I was. I was so mean to my kids. I was a dictator, and she felt bad for them. And it was that first week of the self-isolation phase, and I was at, you know, peak stress. And I read that, and I started crying, and I immediately went to my stories because I wanted people to see that as strong as I am and as as much as I brush 99% of it off, that words can still hurt. And that passing judgment and saying things
1: is just not okay. No, it, it's so true. And I think it's hard because we've put ourselves in this position, but at the same time, so to take a step back, what had happened with my journey is, was I shared that this, this story online for the people who probably don't know what we're talking about. Um, and then I got, a, initially got a lot of really positive feedback in the comments And then what happens if you don't know the Instagram algorithms very well is it started to show it to a wider audience of people who don't follow me. And those people saw a before, quote unquote, before and after picture, which is not what it was. And then the body positivity, Kate sort of started coming through and I started to get a lot of really, really mean attacking comments, but it spiraled and escalated when one individual Took my picture, screenshotted all of my responses and comments and the photos that I had shared, and went to Reddit. Asked people on Reddit, which thread can I share someone who's BSing Instagram? And went to two specific subreddit pages designed to harass and bully people and posted my stuff to those two subreddits. Then What happened is I got these, oh, the subreddits were awful. I read a few comments and then I had to stop. And my brother, actually, I made him read through it and he was just appalled. But they started then coming to my Instagram and leaving horrible messages on the post itself. So like pictures of guns and calling me a fake and liar and telling me, you know, I'm running, letting my kids run around with knives because I'm a bad mom. Like it was just
0: ridiculous. Reddit is is like crazy. Reddit is awful. Like that, Reddit is one of those places that like I don't go. I don't, yeah, have, no. I, I do not go there because it's so, people are so mean, but oh, yes. it just shows that like, yeah, I mean, and that's the whole point is that nobody knew the big picture and they made a judgment based on one thing, which wasn't even true, which is, it spiraled so crazy out of control. <laughs> I was like, wait, do, what are they reading the same Instagram that I am? Like, it's almost like. <laughs> <laughs> that game of telephone that like instead of yes. what you wrote, they listened to their like last game of telephone and went and it's like that's not even what she's talking about.
1: No, I know. And then, like, they, she's probably sponsored by American Eagle. I'm like, cool. That'd be amazing if it yeah, was. Yeah, you're It'd like... Be, American Eagle would be very happy put, right now. Yeah, if you could put in a good word, that'd be great. I'll, I'll take it. And things like, while well, she's still wearing the same necklace, she's doing her... her like. Well, and like, I have explanations the for point. all of these things.
0: But that's yeah. the point. You were wearing the same thing. Like, that was what you meant to do. Like
1: That's what I've been doing for months. Yes. And yes, I literally, actually, I'm wearing the same necklace today. I don't take it off. and. Right. It's, there's there's reasons for it all, and I didn't spend the time justifying it because I didn't feel like people attacking me should get my justifications. No. Agreed. So Agreed. I didn't do it, and that spurred them on more. They were like very personally offended that I didn't justify the fact that I was wearing the same well, nail polish color both days. I was like, okay, cool. I'm a mom do. with two kids. Like, yeah.
0: but that's I what don't have time do to nails. <laughs> But bullies do though when they bullies do things for attention, and when they don't get attention they break down because they're not getting yeah. what they want. And that's like, I mean, that's always been my, honestly, I don't justify myself to people online. I just don't. Yeah. No, general. it's not
1: worth it. No, it's, it's just your energy either. No. I it's the same for anybody. Like it's not worth arguing or um, explaining yourself to anybody who's not people of your immediate family or closest friends. Nobody else no. deserves that because that's just a piece of you. Right. It, it wasn't the people who knew me and actually, like for yourself, you read that and you're like, okay, this is crazy. This is insane. Yeah. But it still takes a toll in the same way that your it situation yeah. did when some random person who doesn't matter at all in the grand scheme of things, right. it gets to you, right? It does. It takes I a mean, toll.
0: We're humans. We have emotions like 100%. And that's like the same. I'm thinking about this one. This was many, many, many years ago, but it was a vegan influencer who- came out and said she had orthorexia and she was healing herself and she doesn't believe in constraints with food anymore and people attacked her for being a fake and it's just it's sad because she had a real problem and she was attacked like I can't even imagine how she felt you know and and I mean I didn't really follow her anything I didn't really have any connection to her but I knew the story and I looked into it and I read you know I just looked at her story and her you know, whatever. And I heard she's doing great now. She changed her account name. Um, I haven't looked at her stuff for years, but um, I mean, she was huge, like book deal huge, but it's just the general point of someone attacking somebody in that, I don't know, for that personal, in that personal space. It just makes me so sad about this food world that we really could provide such an amazing platform for people to find their happy place and that's like my goal. Um I talk a lot about how food if you look at history, food is the center of um, of relationships and hmm. conversation and when you look at history and, and you look at I mean look at I mean if I mean I if you follow religion like the last supper like that was food that brought everybody together. If you look at, you know, Christmas and all those things, people gather around a table to break bread, you know, and that is, you know, going out to dinner. Like I, food is such a part of my life in the sense that I love to go out to dinner. I love to have people over for dinner. I love to cook for people when people are sick and it's a way to show love and to, and to, and to, you know, have connections and to strengthen connections. And when that healthy food world becomes stressful, it starts to affect everything.
1: Yeah, and the irony of all of this with my journey too was that I was doing this with the help and support of a registered dietitian. So I was doing things with all of the medical support. I was literally every single week. I was tracking my. I had the fancy scale. I had the fancy printouts. I had literally, you know, like scientific is probably a strong word, but I had like factual proof, medical proof of. The work on the food, I had the meal plans and the whatever. Yeah. So it's funny that I was doing it sort of quote unquote in all of the right, amusing air quotes here for the people who can't see, air quotes yeah. the right ways. Yeah. But yet then this is a stressful thing that exacerbated everything. So
0: and you still got attacked. Crazy. Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah. Well, you- like you can't win, right? Like you do it. Nope. I do it properly. I'm a mom who's losing weight in an air quote appropriate time after having children losing weight slowly, like one to two pounds a week. And still like, and the thing is too, I think people focused on the jean size a lot. So it's important to note that yes, all jeans are made differently. Yes. How jeans fit people are all differently. So the size truly doesn't matter. I lost, I went from a size 14 to a size eight in four months purely because I carried most of my weight. Guess where? I'm a mom in my stomach, like I had one of like the outward
0: gut, right? And I'm the I actually and the opposite. I carry when I gain weight, it's my butt and thighs. I don't. Oh yeah, I gain
1: nothing. My thighs and butt haven't changed literally have not changed since I was 15 because I think it's muscle memory from all the years of working out. Like I literally could wear my, I'm wearing the same jeans I could in high school. Now it's the button. It's always the waist that scares me. That's
0: so funny. Cause I, I, and I honestly think it's just, I think it's a lot of it is genetics and how you were born. Yeah. True. My sister has always told me like, cause I, and the truth of the matter is I've always had a really good, a really good stomach area. And I had three babies and yeah, if I sit down, like you can see the skin, but if I stand up, like I can still, if I squeeze, I still have a six pack. Like that is just my stomach. It's just, it's
1: that's a, genetics. That's, that's just, the, it is yes. what it is. I could I, do all the, I could do a squat plank. I could do plank all day and that wouldn't happen to me.
0: Well, and that's I mean, the I do drink is. a lot,
1: so that's probably the problem. <laughs> but
0: I drink a lot too though, girl. Like, so
1: that's true. It, Never mind. You probably it, drink more than I do.
0: That is, but that is where I, I don't gain my weight there. It's for me. I noticed that different is my button thighs. I'm Greek. I have the Greek. I mean, I'm a yeah. person, but that is where I gain my weight. A hundred percent. I can put on a pair of pants and that's where it's
1: tight. Not the so stomach. funny. That's so interesting. Cause I just assumed because for me, it was always the stomach that that's just how everyone gained it. But no. yeah, that's silly. I could probably squeeze myself into a size two pants in the legs right now. I just wouldn't be able to do the buttons.
0: See, that's so, so funny. Yeah. It's just different. Everyone's different. And that's the thing is. I've, and people always say like, oh, you're so small. You should stop in the kids department. And I'm like, I can't because I have a butt and kids clothes are not made.
1: Why would for- you want to shop in the kids department?
0: Because it's cheaper. People's like, oh, it's cheaper. You should shop in the kids department. And I'm like, I guess oh. they are
1: trendier now.
0: I mean, and they mean like twe- tweens, like junior. Oh, tweens. like
1: forever 21.
0: <laughs> yes. And I can wear some stuff, but in forever 21, I'm like, cause generally in clothes, I'm like a zero I'm mm-hmm. just I'm so petite but mm-hmm. I do have curves of a woman and so and when I gain weight that's where I gain it so it's like no I I can't cuz my body is not that of a kid's body it's small but just cuz it's small doesn't mean it doesn't. You have hurt. a very
1: trendy figure right now for this day what? and age then. Well, apparently, I don't know. I think I feel like, and this is the thing, this is the crazy thing that over the years, body types and ideal types changed. Yes. Like 100%. it's not, it's like in this moment. Okay. Cause I'm thinking like the kid, the Kardashians, right? Like the tiny little waist and the huge ass. And so you're trendy, apparently. I don't know. I'm not like a trendy person. <laughs> so I think the fact that I'm saying yes. you're trendy means how untrendy I am, but it's <laughs> Different every single generation. It de- Next it decade it's gonna be different. So just love yourself now. Yes. Mm. Well and, right uh, <laughs> and honestly, it's
0: like accept the body that you have because here's the thing, like I love the look of um like I've see- I like the pants where it's um cropped and like the look of like the cute cropped pant. You know, yeah. I there was like these jeans that I saw that I loved. They were like they were cut like uh, you know, um what's it called, distressed at the bottom, but like oh, yeah. Cropped, distressed, Um, and so cute. My friend was wearing it, and she's super tall, lanky. Well, if I were to wear those, I look ridiculous because I'm short, and it makes me look even shorter. And that's the thing is that I, as an adult, have learned that I'm short and I can't wear certain things. I mean, I can if I wanted to, I would, but I have learned to dress for the body that I have. And there's certain things that look better on me that don't look good on other people, and certain things that look great on other people that just don't look good on me no matter how hard I try.
1: You know what the best part about my losing the weight was that, so actually you don't know this about me, maybe you do, but so when I was younger, I had huge boobs, like the most massive boobs. And then I had a breast reduction and then I had two kids and then I lost the weight. So now my boobs are super tiny in the best possible way. So having gone from like giant boobs, this is all going back to the point of everyone has different body types. I physically couldn't wear regular clothes because my boobs were so big, but now I'm like, Oh, there's, I'm wearing a regular sports bar right now from Costco. I wouldn't have been able to do that before. Like they're all in there. It's fantastic. I'm I'm filling myself up for Sophia on camera right now. guys. That's
0: amazing. (laughs) And well, and I have always had, I have always had small boobs. Like I would say at my prime, like prime boob time, I was probably like a big B, small C. And then, um, I was always told this is like TMI, but people always told me, my friends, guys, whatever, always told me my boobs look fake, but they weren't always real. Because they were just
1: like small and super perky. Yes. yes. Oh, and I have so, a friend like you. I'm so yeah. jealous. I always like to post well, them. I'm like, how are these so real? Like what <laughs> is happening?
0: And then like, I mean, I still, I'm, I'm, I'm just going to throw it out there. My boobs are still pretty good. Like I'm happy with how? my boobs. You must
1: have the most elastic skin.
0: Well, but I again, have that's very a genetic thing. Yes. Yes, I do. And I have very dense boobs. I have okay. fib- I've I have fibroadenomas. I've had fibroadenomas. I found my very first at 18 and so I've multiple lumps in my boobs and I get them like I have to do mam- mammograms and ultrasounds and all that stuff just to track them. I've had like two sets of biopsies and everything was fine. Still fibroadenomas, but I've always been said told that they're very 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 dense. I don't know if that has anything to do with it, but I also didn't um uh, breastfeed like traditionally. Like my first had like colostrum, a couple, a little bit of breastfeeding. And then I was done because I didn't produce milk. Yeah. Um, and I, I, when I had my first baby, I was, I struggled so hard to have a baby that the process was so stressful that I told myself that when I had the baby, I was not going to allow stress into my life. And so I love when, that when breastfeeding didn't really work, I let it go when I
1: fed my baby formula because good for you. That's like, a huge thing to do for a first-time mom. Oh, I
0: didn't. I could. I honestly didn't care because all I wanted was to be happy and stress-free because I'd gone through three years of such extreme stress. Yeah. That I was like, nope, not going to happen. Um, and he's amazing and healthy and fine and never gets sick and it, 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 there's never any problems. And then with my second, I had a tiny bit more milk, but I also had a baby at home because they're only fifteen months apart. And the stress of everything, I I just couldn't, and I actually saw my, at the pediatrician office, I saw the lactation specialist and she looked me in the eyes and she said, feed your baby formula.
1: (laughs) What? I've never heard of any of them saying that. That's huge.
0: Because she said, this this is so stressful. Like what you need to do, what you would need to do to increase your milk supply and keep that going the stress that it's going to bring to you is going to counteract it because stress affects me. And part of my issue with not producing milk was the stress. And so she's like, this is a no win situation, cyclical situation. Like to do all that, there's, you just have so much stress and it's just not worth it. And if you're okay with it, feed your baby formula. I said, I'm totally fine with that. I fit my first baby formula. She's like, then breastfeed a little bit if you want. And then supplement with formula girl. And she sent me on my way and I felt such relief and I'm so happy and my kids are super. And then with my third baby, I had the most milk because he was a surprise. And I start, I did see a lactation consultant, and he had a lip tie. And I was able – I always had a supplement, but I was able to breastfeed a little bit until about, like, six, seven months when he, like, weaned himself. He didn't want it anymore. Um, but I did breastfeed a little bit. But the point is I didn't breastfeed a ton, so that probably also helped. Um, I don't
1: know that it's so much like the actual breastfeeding, but more like the milk. Coming I don't know. I, I'm the same. I had troubles with supply as well. So I'm I'm just gonna shut up and not talk because I don't actually know the yeah. answer. Yeah, and this is also know. one of those topics that I'm like I try to stay yes. away from a ten foot pole for the most part because gosh, guys, why are we so hard on ourselves for everything? Everything. Like, everything. Just have the pizza, just eat the cake, just give the formula, okay. just work on the breastfeeding, like whatever you need to do, well, just do it.
0: I feel because like safe I and ask, healthy. I ask myself now. If I could tell my old me something that this new me has um, realized is when things come my way, I take a step back and I think, does this serve me? And if it's not an automatic, hell yes, then it's a no, then it's a no. Like, will this taking this on serve me well? It might be a hell yes. Like maybe if I was, I mean, my mom was never um, super like crazy, like breastfeed, breastfeed, breastfeed. So that might be part of it. But when I had my baby and I couldn't do it and I, I thought to myself, does taking this on serve me back then was when I started thinking about that. And I was like, no, I don't really honestly care either way. And I have to be honest, and this is so terrible to say, but I didn't bond with my baby through breastfeeding at all. Mm -hmm. And maybe that's because it was hard for me, but I bonded with my baby through so many other ways. Breastfeeding was a task to me. I never looked at it as a bonding thing. So I guess if that is some way that you, if you bond, then it is worth the struggle to do it but I never bonded. And I laid next to my baby and fed him his bottle and snuggled him as we fed. And it, to me, that was, I bonded wonderfully. So I didn't, I don't know. I just think it, I think everyone is different. And I think that the, yeah, like, like the diet thing, the breastfeeding thing is like crazy. Like it's, there's so much out there that makes you feel like a loser if you're doing one thing or another and, oh, your baby is so much healthier if you breastfeed. And I have three babies that show otherwise. So I mean, I have to say like my kids and I knock on wood, like we rarely get sick. And if we do, it's like, it passes through us really quickly. Um, yeah,
1: you guys eat so many vegetables. You're covering your face.
0: (laughs) Well, and that's the thing. And like that, I mean, there's so many ways you could like interpret it or whatever, but I, I don't know. I just, yeah. The whole judgment thing in general. I mean, I think just the whole judgment thing in general has been, it's just crazy.
1: It's hard and it's hard to let it go. And it's difficult to, when people ask me how to move past that and to move on, it's difficult to provide advice because like you just said, if you could tell your past self something, the challenge with that is, is in that moment, would you really be able to listen yes. and would you be really be able to take it in? So for me, I got through it with, I, I do, I'm a big advocate for therapy. I got through it with a lot Ditto. of therapy And that's really what, in all of my things, has kept me going.
0: No, I agree. I'm a big advocate for therapy as well. I think therapy is so great. And I think that therapists are so underutilized in our country. Um, For us, especially in the United States, I think that mental health needs to be brought to the forefront like physical health is. um, And that I think a lot of physical health would actually be, um, I don't want to say solved, but I think would be bettered with, if we focused on fixing our mental health first and foremost, I think that the physical health, and that's kind of why I started this podcast is to talk about the connection between the mental and the physical. And, you know, like I always say, sometimes I eat for my body and sometimes I eat for my mind. And I think both of those things are so important because while a great salad will nourish your body with all these wonderful things, um, my cookies and French fries nourish my mind like no other. So, Mm -hmm. um, you know, and sometimes it, it helps you eat for both. Like sometimes I'm craving like something super nutritious and, and fresh and crisp and, and whatever. And I find myself craving that sometimes. And that helps for both. But I think we're focusing so much on the physical that we lose sight of the mental. Um, I totally agree. But, um, I really appreciate you being here and, Everyone that's listening, um, stay tuned for next episode because I'm going to talk a lot about the whole um, judging a book by its cover and making assumptions like we talked about today and how it affected me in my journey and how it still does when people take a snapshot of my life and judge me because of one little piece. So I appreciate you all listening and thank you, Erica, for being here. Thank you so much. This
1: was a blast.
0: Awesome. And uh, tune in to the next episode.